Right, welcome again to the Paradise Paradox. Welcome to Paradise Paradox. My name is Aaron Battle. I'm Kurt Robinson. Uh, press subscribe, press like. Yeah, or, uh, <laughs> or send, us, stupid. send us whatever um, you want through Twitter, live at BattleAZ. Live. <laughs> we'll answer your question. No, we won't answer your questions live. <laughs> we'll answer them on the next one, like no, a week you later. Can, you can send them to me live. <laughs> I'll, I'll get around to it when I get around to it. Yeah, when you send it, Twitter, Twitter will receive it live in real time. We might not read it for a couple of weeks, but yeah, it's it's live at at Trouble Bubble. Send send me a tweet. Today's topic more about. Last couple of days, I've been feeling a little bit emotional, anxious, and, mm. and nervous, mm. and I, I can't work out why. I thought maybe I've been drinking too much coffee. Yeah. Maybe uh, it's because of my, my recent uptake of sun gazing. Maybe it's my over-meditation with that free time I have. I, I don't know. I, I've been feeling weird. So I, I said, what's, what's going on in the world? Yeah, and, well, uh, over the last couple of months, has been this currency collapse which may be the reason you're feeling nervous <laughs> so just i think it is yeah 100 percent could be related so yeah every every currency in the world lost value against the u.s dollar over 2014 uh so the like the peso used to buy like 12 pesos would buy a dollar but now it takes about 14 or 15 pesos to buy a dollar a u.s dollar and uh yeah, um, the ruble, I think, has lost about half its value against the U.S. dollar. Well, the Australian um, dollars followed followed suit. Yeah, it was it was buying like uh, the Australian dollar was buying about ninety ninety five U.S. cents and then dro- dropped down to about eighty seventy nine eighty. That's uh, that's been over the last over the last year. Mm-hmm. In the last month, it's dropped what ten ten cents easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I've been sick of following it, sick of reading it, and I let it, I let it go since Christmas. I haven't really followed it. Like it's, only, it's only been four weeks, a month. And I went into you know my local bank to buy an ounce silver coin mm. when I realized that it's going to cost me nearly 400 pesos, mm. not the 270 that it did last week. Mm. Yeah. And then, then, I, then I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not, maybe I'll go buy Bitcoin instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was actually my thought on the spot. I didn't even go to the teller. I saw the price, I walked out. <laughs> I'm going to go buy Bitcoin instead. Good, good. Well, yeah, that's another alternative. I mean, the price of Bitcoin has been very volatile lately. You know, the worst performing currency of 2014 and lost... Uh, you know, 80% of its value from, from January to January. Um, but maybe that's just another, I don't know, a set up, a set up for a comeback. <laughs> oh, I, well, I feel good about it hmm. because uh, I, I mentioned to you in a previous show that the activity for Bitcoin has exploded. Has, it, was, it doubled last year. Hmm. So something's happening that's not being, that's not being represented in its actual dollar price. Yeah. So... Yeah, I put in some extra change into into the, the Bitcoin into the Bitcoin market. Yeah, see where that goes. But uh, it's it's actually, I mean, if it is what it's what it says it's going to be, what it could be, mm. then um, from an economic investment point of view, I mean, you buy when it's low. Mm. So you know, Bitcoin being what it was, and and we've seen what three big jumps mm. in the last five years in Bitcoin. 
So, uh, you know, it's, I feel like all it takes is for a few more people to switch on to the fact that it is a store of value and, and not a currency and that you can hide money in there. <laughs> okay, hides maybe not. Store money, store you value. Can, you, you can hide money there in some, in some cases if you, if you cover your tracks right. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's another thing. Yeah. Um, let's run an intro. Intro. Yeah, well, I'm still buying Bitcoin. I'm, I'm, yeah, I was buying when it was like at 900, and <laughs> I'm still buying when it's at at 190 or whatever. I, I don't really mind because I, do, I am bullish long term in Bitcoin, and and uh, the other perspective is, I mean, the most boring thing about Bitcoin is the price uh, because it's going to change everything, and and that's definitely exciting. So even if I lose my shirt in Bitcoin. But uh, we end up living in a world that's not controlled by central banks, then I'll still be pretty happy. <laughs> so, why are you so long term in Bitcoin? Out of out everything you just said, that's pretty uh, something that people might be interested in. Like the question, why for people that may, I think most of us know what Bitcoin's all about. But why would you? Why, do, why does everyone say long term in Bitcoin opposed to mm. short terms? So people do trade day to day, but most of us are long term. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of people that are buying and holding Bitcoins and they expect it to go up because, like you were saying, the transaction volume is going up. Um, but that's a, that's fine. Like, you don't have to use it as a tool to try to get rich. And that's I guess that's it's not entirely the point of, of Bitcoin, but it's, you know, the fact that it's just that it, um, that it has a limited supply might give it um, the... The, the quality of being good to store value. Um, but the reason I'm long-term is is because of the technology, the, the way um, I see it being used in the future, uh, because it, it, it means that it decentralizes power. It means governments don't have control over how much money is printed. Central banks, you know, a small committee of people, Ben Bernanke, Alan Greenspan or Janet Yellen um, making these declarations that they're going to give money to all their banker friends. Uh, Bitcoin isn't susceptible to that kind of corruption or that kind of attack. You can't you can't mm. control it in the same way that you can control that certain people can control dollars or or pounds or pesos. Yeah, it's important that you get it's an attack. Hmm. It's an attack, completely increasing the money supply is devaluing, it's devaluing the currency. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're storing your, your savings, your net worth, your, everything's valued in, in dollars. So whatever we mm-hmm. store in dollars, we're going to see it, it devalued. And it's interesting that gold and silver aren't being devalued to the, the, US, the US currency. Yeah, or at least not, not as much. Gold. <laughs> well, when, in- it's not... It's not evident straight away. Yes, yes. In a way of speaking, gold and silver were the currencies that lost the least against the US dollar over 2014. Uh, so they, compared to the US dollar, gold only went down about 2%, I think. Um, 
but uh, yeah, you're you're talking about how how it's an attack on the currency. I think it's uh, the the thing about yeah the thing about fiat currencies is when they're con- they're controlled by central banks, and when they increase the currency supply, that means each individual unit is worth less mm. because you have a greater number of dollars or a greater no, number a greater amount of currency chasing the same amount of goods. Uh, I, I remember I had this conversation with someone a, a few months ago, and I was trying to explain this, and and she said, "No, no, no not every uh, country can print currency. If that were the case, they could just keep printing, and they'd all be rich." I'm like, "No, no, that's not how it works." But we are all rich. <laughs> <laughs> me, meanwhile, I was uh, like holding a, a two thousand Colombian peso note in her face and and saying, "Look, do you know why there are these extra zeros here?" That's because the central bank kept printing money uh, to a point that was ridiculous. Because, you know, I can look at a 50-year-old peso, a Colombian peso note, and it says one, uh, one peso payable in gold to the bearer. Well, you can't do that anymore. Um, and and one, one peso, dev- I mean, you can't get anyone who is going to sell you one Colombian peso of gold. A, a Colombian peso is worth like 0.05 of a cent or something. Are they, they wouldn't, they're not even in circulation anymore. No, you can't we're get talking, one We're talking old money. Coin. Yeah, you can't get a one peso note or one peso coin in, in Colombia. No, it's like 2,000 pesos is about a dollar. So I guess people might be asking, like, why would they do this? Why would governments do this to their own people? Ah, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, let's see. So if, if you're in government, and, and let's say there's no income tax and, and uh, you don't have a central bank, um, but you want to fund social programs uh, or projects, construction projects or public education or something like that, uh, the only way you can do it, or say, say even a war, the, the worst thing about governments, say you want to fund a war. Uh, the only way you can do it is by creating a new tax. And people are going to be very angry about that. They're going to say, well, hang on, this, you know, this is our money. We've worked for it, and now you want to take it away. Uh, so that's going to be very difficult for, for somebody in a position of power to weasel that in. So, but you, that, that means nothing because the government knows that the, the money that you personally have in your bank account is our money. <laughs> it, goes, well, it goes both ways. It, it it depends, but there's a point where you can't push people anymore. There's a there's a point when people are going to say, "Well, hang on. I mean, figure, mate. Um, we're not going to pay yeah. you anymore." Um, yeah, I and, know. and they're going to get angry and riot or something like that. And At go, least go I hope and, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hope, hope I point. hope people get a little bit upset. Yeah. Or at least want ask, to ask the question, or at least mm. to have the question. That's why, uh, that's, that's why we're talking about it, because we aren't happy with it, mm. and we've been able to choose something else. And mm. I would hope that other people, not to follow us, not to, yeah. to take everything we're saying as this is what it is, but to ask themselves, you know, what do they want? Yeah. And at least to know there's an option. But... The other side of it is governments realise that all their all their people that are working and producing exports for the country that bring in money to the country, they need to print money to devalue the currency. Otherwise, other countries aren't going to buy their exports. 
Yeah, well, that's the, that's the theory. Uh, but let, hang on, let's hold up a bit, because uh, let's say I'm proposing this scenario where there's, uh, there's no central bank and there's no income tax. Um, but say uh, the, go- the government says, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to implement a central bank, and that way we can borrow money from the central bank whenever we like, and uh, we're not going to pay immediately and you're not going to be taxed immediately, but your children and your grandchildren are going to be taxed 20, 30, 50 years later. So, um, so people don't feel the burden. And when the government says, you know, we're going to build this, this project, and you say, how much does it cost? They say, don't worry about it. We'll put it on the tab. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, the, all the central bankers are, you know, stacking up this debt so they can keep collecting from income tax in, perpu- in perpetuity for but decades to come. Yep. I just heard last drinks being called and someone's got to pay the tab. <laughs> I'm not paying the tab. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I don't want to pay the tab either. It's not my problem. Um, it's well, a- with the example that I was going to throw out is that the governments are doing what they think they need to do for, mm. the, for the right and for, you know, for the, the benefit of the people. Mm. Like now we've got all the governments, well, not all of them, the majority of governments that are in the, the top economies of the world that feel like they must continue the game where now we have other countries that are going to increase their money supply by printing more money by devaluing the currency just to continue in this game where, uh, where the countries are competitive with each other. Yeah, so like you were saying with the exports, like, yeah, let's uh, say, let's devalue the Australian dollar. Uh, let's print, you know, a couple of, say, 10 million, 50 million more Australian dollars. And then, uh, then the Australian dollar will be worth less. And that will mean other countries can buy the products off us and more, pro- more products will be exported. That's true, but that actually means they're buying it at a discount. Um, and it also means that the people in the country, because, of the, because the wages are generally going to stay the same, say, o- over the year, if you're, you're earning uh, $20 an hour and uh, the, the dollar is being gradually, gradually decreased in value over the year, even if you get a raise at the end of the year, you're, you're, still, um, you're still the victim of this system because you're, you are getting paid less and less and the, uh, your employer is not going to adjust your, your wages daily no, of according course not. to inflation. No. So you're, you are getting less and less money in, um, in terms of purchasing power, uh, but the, the companies are exporting more and more. Yeah. Yeah. So where, where does it leave the people if they're being robbed by their own government and by the, the systems of their, their reserve bank in Australia or, uh, or central banks in general? But the government doesn't know any wiser. They're, they're, they're just following what the last party did. Yeah, well, some of them might know wiser, but it's not really in their interests to know wiser because it's, it's not their money. It's, no. <laughs> but, so they don't, they don't care how they spend it. So who makes the money? Well... Uh, because, yeah. I mean, you, you look at the common trends in, yep. uh, in the US and in Australia. Mm. I'm, looking, I'm sure yesterday there was, a, there was a, a news article published that the, the Australian stock market has risen for the 10th day in a row. Right. Is that a surprise? 
that the companies that are exporting your labor at a discount mm-hmm. are making money. <laughs> and when the banks are the ones that are investing, because the banks are trying to make money too, mm. the banks are investing in the same stock exchange of the top companies that are exporting your product, your labor mm. at a discounted price, giving you less value. Mm. And they're the ones making the money. But I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter because their money's equally losing value as yours. Yeah, except they're making money because they get the money first. You get you get the money like after a year when when your employer if if you're lucky if when you're your lucky. employer says ah oh, it's time for you to get your annual raise uh, if if you're lucky so um, then then your wages are adjusted and that's when you can actually get get uh, the purchasing power again but by that time it's uh, the the banks have already been buying things at at yesterday's prices, and the and your government's probably going to change party and go to print more money so they can continue continue spending on projects. Yeah, yeah. Which is good for employment because we're creating jobs. <laughs> uh, that, that's a, that's a pitch, right? Yeah, that's the Keynesian economics view. Like we're going to stimulate this economy. Uh, we're going to bribe people. We're, we're going to um, initiate new works projects, and, and somehow that's a, that's going to get things kickstarted. But I, I mentioned this to you. This is kind of like um, a, the, it's related to the broken window fallacy, mm-hmm. like the the idea that you can create wealth by destroying something, or it's it's the idea that you're you're going to look at things that are seen. So yeah, you see it when. Uh, when the company gets a government contract and they build a new freeway and all of the construction workers get jobs, sure, you see that, but you don't see all of the money that they've robbed from you and from your children by, um, by borrowing money from a central bank. It's a beautiful synchronicity. <laughs> siren in the background. <laughs> signaling an emergency. Well, it is an emergency. There's, there's robbers out there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so this this Maybe whole they're going to go arrest Nieto. Uh, I, I think he's long gone. <laughs> he's not even a real person. Now they just put a cardboard cutout in front of the mic. <laughs> like, they, end, that's the end of question time. Yeah. <laughs> but this is this whole topic is something we've been researching for years. So mm. we got no we got no problem talking about this. But what uh, made uh, me nervous was the fact that I saw it live in front of me between me and the teller when I went to go buy in my attempt to store my wealth mm. in a silver coin. Mm. It's, I, I realized that I lost 25%. Mm. Easy, minimum, 20, more, must. <laughs> 25% of, of value within, within a week. And, and then, then you investigate, so you look at, okay, how, how's the price of, of gold and silver being the most stable non-fiat currency money that's available uh, at hand? Uh, you look at Australia lost the same, if not more. I mean, we're, we're back at silver and gold prices that we were a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, the, in Australian dollars, the, the gold price is up to about sixteen fifty. So anyone that, that bought gold in last year has made money. Yeah, or they've retained their money, depending how you look at it. Yeah, that's true. Well, we're not talking about investing. We're talking about uh, saving. Yeah. Saving value. But why would you be interested in doing that, you may ask? <laughs> I, well, 
I don't, I don't know, because that's a, that's a long, a very long debate. Like, uh, like some people will tell you, oh, why would you want to buy gold? It just sits there. It doesn't make money. Um, why not buy stocks? But I think the, the thing is, in times of crisis, in times of uncertainty, it never hurts to have a bit. <laughs> but I, yeah, most of my money is in gold and silver. You, you hear this word crisis a lot mm. lately. Mm. I, I've, been, I've been hearing crisis a lot. Mm. What, does that, what does that word actually mean? Crisis. It it's, it's time of significant change. Uh, <laughs> change? <where? laughs> significant change, but significant bad change or significant uncertainty. Uncertainty. Um, and, yeah. I, I, I'm just, I, I imagine kids crying. <laughs> like crisis. Yeah, it's like it's a crisis. Someone tripped over and they got a bleeding knee. Crisis, emergency. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a the big problem. The, yeah. the, the problem is that all these that uh, many countries uh, are now devaluing their currency uh, together. Yes. And yeah. So the, so the Federal what, Reserve about two months ago it stopped quantitative easing. It's it stopped creating more currency. And for once, then I think this is a significant factor in the reason that all of the other currencies have have dropped against the, the U.S. dollar. Because, uh, like with uh, the the yen and the Australian dollar, the pound, uh, then yeah, they um, those central banks um, from a cursory look. Uh, we had we were having a look at some of the numbers the other day at the Australian dollar, the amount being created over the last couple of months and and it looked like the yeah the US dollar just stopped the amount of, of uh, currency or they actually took some out of circulation but the Australian dollar kept on trucking um, no, nice little gradient there yep no uh, no divergence yeah but uh, it was interesting that actually you noticed that the money supply started going up as soon as Tony Abbott got in <laughs> it was like let's do some let's do, let's do some good for the people and let's Let's throw a few more dollars in there by the, by the, the hundreds of millions. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was a lot. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of money. So they're supposed to be fiscally conservative. But, you know, who gives, who gives a crap about principles, outdated, old-fashioned stuff? <laughs> well, the, the concept of stealing is just too... Uh, it's variable. Mm. It's, a, it's become more of a, of a... It's become a variable. Not do we steal... It's more how much do we steal and over how long and will they notice? Yeah. Well, if you work in the government, uh, we know the license. Well, the, the example that, that I used for the, the currencies is like they're all cruising mm. at a nice altitude and then they all jumped out of the plane at the same time. Mm. They all started losing value against, against real money, gold, silver, mm. uh, and, and just assets in general. They all started losing money. This is why things become more expensive. Mm. Um, but what's happened in the last month is the U.S. pulled the parachute, and yeah. it appears that the U.S. is going up. But it, the U.S. isn't. The U.S. dollar is not going up. The U.S. dollar is what it's always been. The U.S. dollar. Well, not not what it's always okay. been. Okay. It's, yeah, been, that's it's been what it, it was. What it was the day before, and more or less. Well, I'm, um, I'm referring to paper. Just it's right. it's I see. it's bullshit. It's paper money. Yeah. But they've pulled the parachute and the rest of the currencies are still dropping. So mm. uh, we'll, we'll see other currencies pull up and also pull the parachute, which is going to show the, the, the volatility between the currencies. 
But when and how and, and how that happens, I don't know. That's going to be in the next, I think very soon, in the next month, we're going to see some changes because uh, as I felt uncomfortable seeing the, the currency devalue that, that fast and nobody seems to have noticed. Everyone's still out buying tortillas. <laughs> yeah, well, somebody was telling me they saw some fox pops, like the, the word of the man on the street and the, and the guy was like, uh, I don't really care about if the U.S. dollar is is worth more or less because I don't go to the United States. <laughs> so, uh, I, I wish I was that calm. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that unfortunately, is... that demonstrates the lack of uh, economic knowledge amongst the general population. People people don't know how it's going to affect. And I've already seen prices rising here, like uh, the sandwich shop around the corner instead of 35 pesos for a sandwich it went up to 40 like in a, in a week i paid 12 um, pesos for a kilo of bananas really 12. That's, that's like double yeah, price they went well i i think that's also seasonal but yeah i've at my market i saw them go up from six to ten yeah yeah no i i, I was keen for a banana so yeah <laughs> i said I'll, I'll buy i'll buy those bananas yeah um yeah prices are going up yeah. I think we're, we're going to keep seeing this. This isn't going to go away. Yeah. I need to, we need to make more money. Yeah. yeah everyone needs to make more money. <laughs> save, save some more in, in certain or, forms. Gold, silver, Bitcoin, um, some, something else. But and another example of things that aren't going up, mm. um, Mini, the Mini Coopers, uh, um, mm. they had a big sale. They've all dropped price. How much does a Mini Cooper cost? Well, in pesos, you know, for, for your normal version, I think it's, well, for the, for the countrymen in particular, there was like, it was nearly half a million pesos, nearly 500,000, mm. and it's dropped to 399,000. That's, that's a nice discount. <laughs> so, um, I mean, the reason why I brought this up was because it was brought to my attention yesterday that I should buy one. And, uh, <laughs> of course, that, that's on the top of my priority list. But... It was like, when did the world become so small that I related the idea of a, a Mini Cooper dropping in price to where are they built and what currency are the, their employees getting paid in yeah. to why is there a direct discount? Mm. Direct discount from Germany, factory, to Guadalajara, Mexico. Mm. And, it was, and that's about 25%. So someone else is having a, a, few, a few currency crises of their own. Mm. So you said the, the euro dropped against the peso. Well, the, the euro, which I know years ago was just, it was out of, it was out of control expensive against the peso. Mm. Now it's down to 19 pesos per euro. Mm. And in comparison, the US dollar is like 15 pesos. So from a, from a Mexican peso point of view, we've seen the US dollar go up and the euro come down. So mm. all of a sudden, it's worth, it, well, it's, it's nearly, you're going to see companies that are selling European cars offer the same price as American cars. Mm -hmm. So unless you're a big fan of Chrysler or Dodge, why would you want to buy an American car when you can buy a, a BMW for similar money? Mm -hmm. And it's like, and there's a lot of fresitas walking around here. <laughs> that, that, uh, a lot of posh people. That, that would like to invest in a little status. Get a street rep up. Right. Anyway, that's the Take effect. Take out a 20-year loan to buy a car or something like that. 7-year loans. Who pays them back? You, re <laughs> you refinance. You only oh. keep... They, that's why they throw in three years of free service so that you bring the car back in three years and do it again. 
Right. The classic automotive flipper. Is that how they do it? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That sounds kind of disgusting. I remember a customer told me once, uh, she was like, you know, I bought this car a year ago or something like that, and I realized the, the amount I'm actually paying in interest is about 34%. <laughs> so, they, you know, you get a car on finance, if you don't have a good credit rating or you don't think, through, think it through carefully, you can get really ripped off on those loans, those car loans. Yeah. Well, you need to consider who's going who's gonna to buy the car as mm. well. Was the devalu- I hope she put in the devaluation or it would have closer to 50%. Yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it would have. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, cars don't hold value. Until, until they get to, like, by the time they're worth about $2,000, they normally stay pretty flat. So <laughs> and that car's so, only five years old. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Yeah, uh, should we take a break? Take a break. Press like, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, send us a tweet at BattleAZ at Trouble Bubble. So, we're talking about the economic collapse. In a roundabout way, yeah, I guess that's the punchline of what we're trying to come to here. Uh, well, somebody must believe it. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of websites, like, for example, uh, the Dollar Vigilante is one I read quite a lot. Uh, zerohedge.com uh, the, um, I've been following like years ago I started listening to Ron Paul and his, he would talk about how the um, there were bubbles and the, the, the Fed would call all, cause all these bubbles like in the real estate market uh, you know in the uh, technology market years ago um, and then of course in, inevitably when you cause a bubble you have to have a, a bust after that. The bubble has to burst. Um, well, there's there's quite a few that were mentioning that that bubble coming mm. um, back back in 2007 or earlier. Like like mm. Peter, Peter Schiff was talking about it. Yeah. And and Mike Maloney, which guys are they probably weren't that popular. Yeah. Prior, but they, they, yeah. they, they keep talking about it now. And it's a coincidence that a lot of a lot of countries are, are trying to get their gold back. So, you know, someone, some other advisors are following the same information. Mm, mm. Yeah, so they're still concerned, like, uh, there's st- still a question of what's real money. Like, if, if US dollars aren't real money or, if, you know, central banks are putting more weight on holding gold than they are on uh, holding dollars, uh, then that's a, that's a little bit of a signal. Uh, so back in 2013, uh, the Bundesbank, the central bank of Germany, decided to repatriate the gold. Um, so after World War II, they were concerned during the Cold War, they didn't want to hold much gold in their reserves uh, because they were worried about, shall we say, political risk. They were concerned about this, the Soviet Union being with, with uh, East Germany right next door. Um, they were concerned that, that something might happen and they would lose all the gold. So they were storing it in Paris and New York and London. And so in 2013, they started making requests to get back their gold. And um, yeah, I read the I read an article just now, and he uh, the representative of the bank was saying, uh, "Yeah, it's all on track. It's all it's all fine. It's all on schedule. But it's coming out. He didn't mention it, but it's coming out very slowly. Like when they said in 2013, let's get the gold back, uh, the Fed said." 
sure, we'll send you the gold, but it will take seven years. So uh, one has to wonder if they have gold in the Federal Reserve uh, because nobody audits the Federal Reserve. It's very rare that anybody is allowed into the vaults of the Federal Reserve. So it's, yeah. a, it's an interesting case. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we look at the, the gold, the paper gold, mm. and, and how... Paper gold, you mean like a gold certificate or a gold... Yeah, yeah. Like, like a certificate saying... Like if you, if you buy a certificate to say, I have X kilos of gold stored in or stored by yeah. uh, X, which could be a, you know, a safety deposit box, or yeah. it could be on behalf of somebody... Like how if you only have a certificate for gold, which I believe Germany, okay, I'm saying Germany, but we're talking about mm. we're talking about the the central bank. Yes, not not Germany, not the people of Germany, not the government of Germany, but the central bank of Germany, the Bundesbank. And we're not the only ones that that humbly make that mistake. Mm. Like it's it's commonly misnamed in. In nearly every case in the yes, newspaper. Yes, it normally uh, comes up in a headline that says Germany is repatriating its gold. But the, the central bank isn't necessarily owned by the government. It's normally not owned by the government. It's not a government institution, at, at least not, not in the normal way that we think about it. Yeah, well, um, people have no control over the central bank. It's yeah. a complete separate yeah. entity. It's not a. It's even even in well in some cases it is owned by the government, but it's not a democratic process. You don't get to elect who's in there. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, or in the case of the Federal Reserve, it's independent from from government control. The government the, has no control over it. The, the funny thing is, uh, we often hear Bitcoin being referred to as like you know the digital gold, hmm. and everyone in Bitcoin knows whoever holds a Bitcoin owns the Bitcoin. Yeah. So, so for example, with Silk Road, uh, when um, this, the site got seized, Ross Ulbright was, uh, was arrested and the, the government, the US government, took all of those Bitcoins that were sitting there, all of the ones that people had left sitting on the site, uh, and, uh, and they sold them off, uh, which I don't know how they did that before they even... Uh, before they even convicted the guy, um, but that's that's what they did. They sold somebody else's property, seized and sold it. You know who cares about rules or laws or anything like that? Um, people at the, at the time, um, I heard someone comment on the Bitcoin group. They said, "Ah, um, oh, well, you know, when I buy drugs, I normally like to uh, like I'll take a hundred dollars down to my local drug dealer." And I'll buy fifty dollars worth of drugs, but I'll just I'll leave fifty dollars with him, just in case, just in case I want to come back later and and buy a little more. Which you sh- <laughs> obviously in that example, it's it's very silly to do that. But you have to. You know, he might you, be your mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be your bank as well as drug deal Sa- savings and bongs. That's what they call it. Yeah, that's what they call it. <laughs> but my, my point is, whoever home, whoever holds it, owns it. And yeah. this is this is what this is Bitcoin community. They know this because of these stories. Mm. Um, but it's starting to show the same things coming through with with gold. Mm. Whoever has the gold owns the gold. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, how much is the paper worth in between? Yeah, yeah. Because 
with a lot of companies, you have this this uh, situation where they do something which is called rehypothecation, which is a fancy word for saying selling something more than once. So you give somebody a gold certificate or a silver certificate and say, yeah, you have 10 ounces of silver, you know, 1,000 ounces of silver in our account allocated to you, uh, or sorry, not not allocated, but you, you have access to this, um, this supply uh, when you want it. Uh, but then they go off, they say they have, you know, for example, 10,000 ounces of silver in their vault. They might sell it 10 or 20 times. Each ounce belongs to several people because it's just like with banks. They know that not everybody is going to come in and demand their money at the same time. So why not sell it twice? Why not sell it nine or 10 times? You're saying they, they extended the fractional reserve system. Yep. To physical stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, I mean, that's the how the fractional reserve system started when uh, people who held gold, goldsmiths or, or banks would uh, lend out gold receipts and, um, yeah, give, give more gold than they had or lend out other people's gold. Yeah. Okay. I, I understand how the system works, mm. but you can't, I was going to say you can't do that with money, but that's what you do with money. <laughs> I remember walking into the the office of one of my one of my ex employers, yeah. and I made you know in in conversation. One of my managers at the time said to me, uh, overheard the conversation. The scenario was: I walked into a predominant bank of Sydney mm. and asked, "Can I take a loan out against?" gold yeah reasonable and, question yeah it's like that's it's a store of value it's like it's, yeah, it's, it's quite collateral. it's quite normal that you that you put a you have a you put a block of land against a, yeah, a loan or some kind of asset yeah or you, whatever have you and the guy almost laughed at me and mm. said oh i believe you're mistaken this is a this is a what did he call it? What type of He said it? it's not a pawnbroker. Is that what he said to you? No, but that, that would have made more sense to okay. me. Okay. What he said was it was a different type of bank. Mm. I was like, okay, well, where's, what, what are the other types of banks? Right. The bank that I went to. Uh, Which bank was this? HSBC. Okay. All right. I thought they're, I thought they're, the, they're the international local. <laughs> so yeah. I thought they would, they would be open to it. Okay. They, they like, I, I was, I, I came to them with an opportunity for business. Mm. He laughed at me and said, um, and said, no, no, we, we don't do that here. Okay. <laughs> so I thought, I, I, all right, no, no worries. I, I, I soon realized that no bank, no commercial bank, I believe was the name. Right. No commercial bank does well, that kind of business. Collateral. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I, did a similar thing. I went into a, a bank and asked them for a personal loan uh, based on gold as the collateral. And he said, no, um, well, um, the fact that you have assets might affect your approval, but it won't affect how much we can lend you. Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting mm. because the, the concept of being able to have the gold, mm. let them, I thought this is going to be, this is going to be sweet. Right. I've, I've got the gold. It's my gold. I'll let the bank look after it for me. Mm-hmm. They can lend me their money, mm-hmm. their, their monopoly colorful sheets of paper, and I can take care of business with this stuff. 
Mm. Because no one else... Well, I'm going to say no one else will accept my gold. They will. Mm. But uh, this way, I get to keep the gold and take care of business. Right. And I don't have to pay storage fees. But I thought, that's their, that's their issue now. <laughs> that's their problem. Yeah, yeah. That, that didn't go down at all. And okay. most people that I tell this story to laugh at me. <laughs> which people that, that I considered quite intelligent didn't understand what I was trying to do. So why do they laugh at you? Um, because actually... Um, the, the idea was, what, you, you're going you're to walk into the bank with a kilo of Coke? That, was, that was the Coke. response. Well, Coke, I'm, I'm assuming not the drinkable kind, <laughs> but, with, but okay, a storage of value. I mean, that was the mentality I was dealing with. Hmm? So I'll leave that alone. Cocaine is contraband. What is, I don't understand what that has to do with well, I'm, I'm assuming with a, an asset. I'm assuming this guy was living in the 50s and possibly in the US where, right. <laughs> where it also was at a time. Right, yeah. Well, technically, there's, uh, I've read a law from Australia. Uh, apparently, it's never been repealed and it says that the Australian government can confiscate gold. The federal government, yeah. You want to hide in your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not many places where you left you where you can go. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk about um, hyperinflation for a minute. So a little history lesson. If you go back to uh, Germany after World War I. So during the war, as many governments do, they took the currency off the gold standard. And that meant the, the the um, government could print as much money as they wanted or they could borrow as much money as they wanted from the central bank and that meant they could fund the war. And uh, the, the first time this happened, every, um, everybody was, uh, was saving their money because um, uh, it was a time of uncertainty. So they wanted to have a, a lot of money on hand if, if um, necessary. But then some, something, uh, something bad happened and uh, the, the next time there was a time of uncertainty, the, the people knew that, uh, that their currency might lose money, uh, like might lose value very quickly. And so they started spending it as quickly as possible. So the velocity of money increased significantly. Yeah, nobody wanted to hold Deutschmarks. They wanted to get rid of them as soon as possible. So that meant the value went right down. Uh, in addition to all of the money printing that was going on. So, um, so what happened was uh, the, the government and the central bank just kept on creating money. It got to the point where they were only printing the, the notes on one side because they didn't want to spend the ink to print both sides of the note. And uh, people would do things like um, they would get paid hourly so the, the man could give the money to his wife at the door of the the office or the factory, uh, and she would run to the baker to buy some bread uh, before <laughs> before the the money lost its value. That is an extreme case. Yeah, so is they it? call that hyperinflation. Yeah, yeah, it's an extreme case. I mean, that's a that's the you know one of the best historical cases of hyperinflation in the last hundred years. But, but the, the the beauty between hyperinflation and and your your standard everyday inflation mm. is what? Like, how does <laughs> well, it go from? Yeah. <laughs> how does it go from? Shit, I'm losing money to <laughs> shit. My money's not worth anything. Well, I, I mean, there's a few factors. Like I mentioned, velocity. So when when people really don't want to hold the hot potato, 
they, will, they want to get rid of it as soon as possible, that's going to mean the, the uh, value is going down. Uh, but also the, the rate that they increase the money supply or the, the money supply in total. Yeah, and so people would wheel these wheelbarrows full of, of notes to go and buy some bread. Um, the same thing happened in the United States a, a few hundred years ago, uh, like with the continental dollar about 15 years ago, I think. It happened in Zimbabwe. The Zimbabwe dollar went right down, and you can see like not Zimbabwe dollar notes um, of about a trillion dollars. Um, Which last I checked were worth about $7 <laughs> on eBay. Well, they're worth more for their novelty value than yes. they are for their, their face value. Uh, and, yeah, then, uh, then you have Argentina. So Argentina, some people joke that it's the national sport of Argentina to, to devalue their currency because every 10 or 20 years they tend to have a currency crisis. So if, you're, if you take a trip to Argentina... Remember to stock some extra U.S. dollars in your pocket, in your wallet, because you can take them. Uh, you're not going to exchange them at an official exchange because that will only get the list value. What you're going to do when you arrive in Argentina, go down to the streets, uh, find a guy on a street corner and give him dollars and he will give you twice the, the list value or, you know, say 100 180% of the list value in, in uh, the Argentinian currency. Um, they call those blue dollars. I don't think we're that far away from that here in Mexico either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think there's a, there's a lot of concern that the Mexican peso is going to devalue mm. uh, as well, which it, it's, it's happened twice before. Right. Um, yeah, so, so just tw- 20, about 20 years ago, they changed from the, the old peso to the new peso. And, and, that's right. It was, yeah. in, um, was it early 80s? Yeah, uh, I think it might have been in the 90s. It wasn't long ago, yeah. Yeah, well, I think the, 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 the currency's been unstable for... Actually, yeah. these last 20 years have probably been the most stable it's ever been, mm. which is scary within itself. Mm. I, I, I think that the banks... Uh, it's pretty common knowledge that people hold silver here in Mexico and not, and not pesos. But yeah. it'd, be nice to, it'd be nice to get some debt here mm. so that when it does get hyperinflation you can pay it off so much quicker. Or at least you're locked in, you got your value out early. <laughs> Is that, isn't that how it works? Yeah, well, that's a possibility, but there's a, there is risk there because some, sometimes central banks will try to bankrupt people by deflating first and then inflating later. So they, they deflate and that means you can't pay your loan off and, and then they inflate and, and that means they get all the value kind of the opposite of a pump and dump scheme where mm. you build up the value of an asset and then sell everything you can at its peak. Well, that sounds like, a, like an episode of what the economic hitmen were sent to do from the, uh, from the US Reserve Bank in, the, in their situations. Yeah, well, that's, mm, that's kind of similar. I mean, in, in a way, I mean, the, <laughs> the end goal is to kind of bankrupt people. But, but with that one, you, you bribe the officials you get the officials to take on a lot of debt from their central bank or from other central banks, and uh, and then you let them starve. And then, or or you go back and you buy their their assets and resources for super cheap before yeah. they starve, and then give them a job. 
Yeah, yeah. And then tell them, you know, the next time we need you on the UN, then you're going to raise your hand. You, your head or your hand? Your hand. <laughs> your hand. You're going to vote for us. Yeah, or, you, or you've lost your head. To. Yeah. It's like they don't, they don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's why I say it's like Pablo Escobar's motto, uh, plata o plomo, so, silver or lead. By so, silver or by lead, that's your So what do you do? Options. What do you do when your governments play in these games and you're just, just trying to hang out in between? I don't know. Well, that's, I mean, that's why one of the reasons why we're here in Mexico because we, we think if something does go down, at least we know we're rather close to the, the supply of food. Um, so that's one thing we won't really have to worry about, you know. Yes, looking at... Uh, at first, it was a joke, but mm. looking at the the collapse from a from an, a normal person's point of view, mm. I mean, you've already mentioned on the street, people don't realise what what different currencies have to play with each other, like yeah. how they interact. Yeah. Um, but you, if you go and type uh, collapse, crisis, financial, economic collapse, whatever, any of these terms, there's mm. usually a, an interesting article on like top ten, top twenty. Things right. you need to do or need to know before it happens. Yeah. And food is definitely in the top. It's in the top five because mm. survival is like number one. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of people in the United States stockpile beans and rice and flour and, and, and these things which would be useful if, if there's a problem, gas, gasoline or, uh, you know, liquefied petroleum gas to power the stove, stuff yeah. like that. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm, I'm that crazy just yet. Mm. Like I, I don't, I don't think I've, I'm, I'm definitely not keeping three months worth of food, yeah. three months worth of, of lighters, or like I'm not keeping a, a bug out pack. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think we're good here because I think we're so, so close to the sp- supply of food. Like the other day, I went into um, uh, Mercado Corona, and it's like twenty, twenty five minutes walk from here, and uh, they have. Yeah, vegetables, fruit everywhere. Um, and I bought like a, a handful of mint uh, and, and some other vegetables. And the guy was like, yeah, t- uh, two. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, two. Two. <laughs> two pesos, <laughs> which is like 15 cents. Uh, <laughs> if I bought, uh, a, you know, a handful of mint like that in Australia, it would cost three or four dollars. So... Uh, and that's, and, I mean, why is that? That's that's because of the the value between the farmer to the market is like next to is like very minimal steps. Yeah, in between. Yeah. So the less middlemen. Yeah, it's not like buying in a supermarket where you have to support this whole bureaucratic structure as well. I suppose because you you got this guy. Maybe maybe his family owns the farm, or maybe he buys from the directly from the farmer and. He, he just sells it there, and so you know, even if even if the price is double, triple, quadruple, that's for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's for. Oh. So I I spent about four dollars there, and I bought like uh, potatoes, tomatoes, onions, uh, you know, a few spices, and, and yeah, a whole a whole bunch of things, vegetables enough to last me for a week. So so foods you know? foods covered. The next mm. one's like water. Water is mm. water's a big deal. Mm. Mm. But it's interesting to know here in Mexico, nearly every single community has a water filtration set up. Yeah. Already 
I, I thought I was, I was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like water filtration, something that's already established in the in the Mexican street economy, in the infrastructure. Yeah, like bottled water to every house. Try to do that in Australia. <laughs> like that. That's that's just not. You 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 couldn't do that in a weekend. No, but yeah, it would be. You couldn't do it, you couldn't do it in mean, a month. Yeah, you have tap water in Australia, and then if the, if the thing gets contaminated, well, there's not so much infrastructure for for people to receive water. Um, but in any of these cases where there's a crisis, you got uh, some kind of government intervention that they come in to take care of the, the situation. But I'm wondering um, if... I'm okay, from the government and I'm here to help. Well, where's he, where's <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking this guy's at my front door from the government. Where's his family? Why isn't he at home, you know, cooking or cleaning or something or reading to his kids? Mm. Like, all these government employees should go home, hang out with their family. Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm thinking in the middle of a crisis, maybe they've got better, better value to add. Oh, uh, I see, I see. Uh, well, I'm picturing that scene from, uh, what was it? What was that movie with Brad Pitt where he's got the zombies and there's, a, like, the whole world is falling apart? If it's World War Z, World I, War I haven't Z. seen it. Yeah, okay. I heard it was okay. terrible. Well, there no, I, I liked it, um, but uh, but compared to the book, it's it's like very superficial. Apparently, like, anyway, the um, there's a scene where they're in a in a supermarket and somebody comes at Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt has to defend himself. He picks up a shotgun and shoots the guy, and then then the next minute a a police officer starts running in and and Brad Pitt holds up the gun like you know. Um, arrest me or whatever but the police officer runs right past him and goes and tries to find some water (laughs) yeah Um, i think that's i think that's more the real case of what's going to happen i I, I don't think policemen or uh policemen probably the first ones not to care Hmm. (laughs) well especially here (laughs) (laughs) well i mean some of them some care in some ways but mexico's being called the this term so recent, the failed state, yeah, yeah, which is why certain people are interested. But I mean, it hasn't failed at all. If anything, it's, it's thriving. <laughs> well, the, st- the state, who, I don't, I, I don't know. I try to, you know, I'm trying to minimize my contact with the state. The, the business I do isn't anything to do with the state, or so I hope. Uh, I mean, the most interaction I have with the state is when I go to Seven Eleven and I have to pay. Um, Goods and sales tax, value-added tax. That's that's my interaction with the state. You know, otherwise yeah. they they stay out of my business and I stay out of theirs. Well, I, I catch the buses, so yeah. I'm sure there's some kind of tax in the public transport yeah, I system. So. But I mean, yeah. that, that's what it's there for. So I'm getting my value out of it. Yeah, it cost me a whole what fifty, sixty cents to yeah. catch my ride. Yeah, uh, but I mean. Considering a failed state and the value that, I, that I'm getting out of it and the value that the government's giving to the people, I don't see how a, an economic collapse internally to Mexico is really going to affect the Mexican way of life. Hmm. Hmm. Like I, I the think, only thing is the money. The money will be a problem. But, you know, like you said, a lot of people still have silver. A lot of people trust in silver. And yeah. a lot of people, like you, you mentioned the other day when you went to the bank... And, yeah. and your wife was like, here, take this. And she, 
You you remember you telling me this? Yeah, yeah. She yeah. gave she gave me this 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 hamburger of cash money. <laughs> yeah. So uh, people don't trust the banks here because they know what happened twenty years ago and and uh, like just a few years ago in Cyprus, a similar thing happened. They shut down the banks for a for a bank holiday and. Uh, when people went to collect the money, it just wasn't there anymore. Um, it, yeah, it's it's funny yeah. that this is all going to. I mean, this this term uh, international financial collapse is mm-hmm. because of the insolvency of the banks. But I mean, I'm just imagining the Mexican banks definitely don't have any money mm. because the people don't have money in the banks. Mm. <laughs> like if, yeah. if the other banks don't have money. The Mexican banks definitely don't have money because, I mean, it's common street knowledge to keep your money where you want it, in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. You know, to keep it, well, it's, it's what you have. Because yeah. if you have money in the bank, well, it may as well not be yours. Mm. And people know that here. So that's, I mean, I think we're already there. I'm already living in the new world. <laughs> Everything's already fallen over. So nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah. As far as I'm concerned, I, I'm done with that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and there would still could be a problem. Like if the if the the gas uh, the the price of oil goes through the roof, that would affect us. That would be a, that would be quite a problem. So what what happens then? You would have I don't know. Then we'd probably be screwed. You you, you think so? Uh, no, actually no. It would just be. It, it would <laughs> I, be I, different. I know you, I know you smile. <laughs> it, it'd be different. All of a sudden, I don't think we'd have such a beautiful variety. Yeah, you, you'd yeah. have you'd have more local local yes. stuff. Yes, but you know, even here in Guadalajara, you can walk out into the street and there are orange orange trees growing in the street. Um, and I'm sure there are a lot of people who grow their own food, have their own little gardens, and people would be trading, you know, probably riding, entrepreneurs riding their bicycles, selling fruit or something like that. I, yeah. It would, it would, yeah, I don't think it would take very long for the, the Mexican creativity and yeah. To take over. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of room for new business, mm. but um, I think trading will trading will be a seamless transition. Mm. I, I remember telling you last week when I made my first trade mm. with the um, with a guy with a wheelbarrow full of of sweetbreads, and I was like, yeah. "Here's a coffee," and he gave me two. I didn't even know what they're called, but I, I would buy them again. Conscious. It was delicious. Yeah. Anyway. So that that's me done. Yeah. So barter, barter yeah, might, might be, a, yeah, barter would probably be an option. Apparently, that that's uh, a, what a lot of people did in, in Cyprus as well, because they're like, yeah, we're a small island, you know, most people are, own cows, or you know, they have a garden, they have farmers, um, they have an olive crop or or something. So they they're like, yeah, you know, we get money, we can trade. Um, so perhaps it was it wasn't such a big deal for them. Just to just to wrap it up, what do you what are your thoughts on on Cyprus? As in that was an experiment to see how the people would react. Yeah, I was worried about that at the time, but that but then I mean nothing has happened since, and it's it's been long enough now that it's out of the public consciousness. Like people have ADD'd it out of their mind. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think if it was going to happen again. Around this time, it, it probably would have already happened, you know, six months ago, because because people had forgotten. So you think it could happen any time, or is it not worth happening? I I don't think it's extremely likely, but yeah. 
I mean, it's it's still a possibility because the, you know people in Cyprus didn't riot. The probability of it happening in the next five years. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe twenty percent. I think actually. I think it could happen again. I think it's pretty higher than twenty percent. Okay. Well, you, I would you, just say. you think of it happening again? Yeah. To any country, I think it's fifty-fifty. Yeah. Depending on on how the situation of the bank. We still think it. Why did they do that to the Cyprus people? Well, they did it because they could steal their money. So they can steal their money again. Yeah. Yeah, I guess time. so. And all it takes is... Yeah, I guess so. You know, I guess there's such a such a strong incentive to do it and so little consequences. Yeah, it makes sense that uh, that they would try it again. I reckon they would. I reckon yeah. they've, pretty, they've pretty done it in between this conversation. It's just a matter of to, to work out when it's going to hit the bank account. Yeah. Then you go to you go in the next day and, and try to pull out your last $50 and it's like, meh, meh, meh. sorry, we stole your money. So how do you protect yourself from that? Just for <laughs> someone that's scratching their head going, holy shit, banks steal money? <laughs> yeah, they do. They, yeah. And they do it well. Because they do it to everyone at the same time. <laughs> not just one by one. Yeah, well, it never hurts to have a bit of gold. It never hurts to have a bit of silver. Uh, keep by a, by a vault, hiding in your home, be in a safe deposit box. Start a, a coin jar. Yeah. With, with with Libertades, Austrian Philharmonics, and American Eagles. I know. I, I was talking about Bitcoin with the coin jar. All oh, right, <laughs> coin, coinjar.com. Yeah, I use that sign. It's 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 good. It's convenient. Yeah, that's where I started. That's where I bought my first Bitcoin. Yeah, cool. You know, I I bought my first Bitcoin about two, two or three years ago. I had to put it. Let's see. I think I put the money on PayPal. I bought Linden dollars with. Bitcoin or with uh, with dollars, Linden dollars are the currency of Second Life, the computer game, and then I had to buy, I don't know, I think I traded into another video game currency, and then eventually I got bitcoins, and I I, I remember I paid, uh, I must have paid about twenty percent in fees to eventually get the the bitcoin, and I put twenty dollars in there, and I was like, ah, oh, jeez. This is costing me so much. This is just not worth it. You know, that Bitcoin went up <laughs> at its peak. That one that I bought for $10. Um, I, lo- I lost one of them on a on a, po- a Bitcoin poker site, not because of gambling, but because the site got robbed. But the one I kept went up to, you know, it went up to $1,200. I've still got it, actually. And so now it's 190 it's a that's the highest return on investment I'll ever make in my life. <laughs> I wouldn't know you counting your chickens too short. <laughs> yeah. Still plenty of eggs out there. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, hope you enjoyed another episode of the Paradise Paradox. Thanks for listening. All right, so yeah, press like, press subscribe, press comment, uh tell us a story, tell us how brilliant or stupid we are for our economic knowledge. And ask a question on Twitter. I'm at Trouble Bubble. And I'm at Battle AZ. Peace.